Hi all, it's Dane Verway here and I'm back again for another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. This is episode three and today we're going to interview Mr. David McNeil. Dave, as you'll soon learn, is fresh off his victory last weekend at the Wollongong National Open Cross Country Championships. Here he beat, um, he won in a close tight tussle um, over Andy Buchanan and Ed Goddard. He was excited about this win and it really bookmarked a nice comeback over the last year or two. And Dave really goes um, into detail, detailing this comeback and what he's been through and how he's changed training, training accordingly, how he's had to use a more holistic approach to training. I think we can all learn a lot from what Dave talks about here. So please take your time to listen to what he says he also details uh, a little bit about mindset and and how he's overcome um, various anxieties in his life um, and and what he's he, what tactics he uses there. I think it's fantastic uh, how much Dave opened up and detailed things today. Uh, it's a very um, in depth conversation, and I'm very um, fortunate and and grateful for uh, the time Dave spent with me answering my questions we talk for about an hour so please sit back and really enjoy this chat with mr david mcneil all right here i am with david mcneil uh for the third podcast episode of Run Culture Podcast. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Dano. Thanks for having me. How exciting. No, that's great to have you um, on the podcast. Uh, and it was so good to see you with the sprint arms out um, coming down the home straight at Wollongong last weekend and, and then uh, with your big wingspan celebrating as you crossed the line. So, yeah, it was, uh, I think they, they called it Knives Out uh, <laughs> yeah. down the home stretch, which I like that. Was, uh, the blades. Towards the end, so, um, and I've got, I've got nothing creative in the uh, celebration bank, so <laughs> nothing just went up. Yeah. The, uh, the old Michael Jordan wingspan. <laughs> no, it was, it was like the David McNeil of old. Uh, you've always had a good sprint finish. So it was great to see you. It looks like you're um, you're definitely sort of on the way back. Yeah, it was um, that, it was really pleasing. Um, yeah, it's been uh, I mean nothing nothing new, nothing unique I guess in terms of um, the ordeals of being a runner. So um, just like anyone else battling back from injury, um, this one took a bit longer I guess. But uh, yeah, it's just been I guess the my goal for the year was um, it's actually a pretty simple one. It was just um, stay healthy all year. So yep. uh, I've managed to do that so far, which is good. Um, and I think yeah, keeping keeping the goal simple like that's probably actually been good from a performance perspective because 
pays off and you don't have to necessarily have to be um, hammering it. Um, yeah, trying to, trying to get really good sessions out and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's a great message. Um, I suppose um, I'll give everyone, all the listeners a bit of an introduction to um, David McNeil. Um, so obviously two-time Olympian uh, from London and Rio, uh, uh, NCAA champ, went to NAU over in America. Uh, you've run for oh, ages now, you're 32? Yeah, thirty-two. Yeah, and uh, I suppose um, you just sort of briefly touched on the injury um, troubles that you've had over the uh, last year or so, a recent time since Rio. Um, do you mind filling in listeners on sort of what you've come back from and uh, how you're going with it now? Yeah, yeah. I guess I mean, I and, and I guess sort of a, a caveat to, to this is that you can probably. I guess the principles are the same for everyone, but um, in terms of dealing with injuries and um, you know specifics, I guess in this case was I um, I developed some SI or sacroiliac joint pain um, kind of towards the end of 2017, and um, just kind of was managing it for two or three months, and wasn't nothing was changing with it. It was just kind of there, didn't affect my training. Um, just kind of kept monitoring it and kept kept on top of it, and then um, yeah, probably about um, yeah about uh, four or five weeks out from Commonwealth Games, um, like the the pain the pain went from zero to a hundred um, over the course of one threshold run, and yeah. um, I uh, I finished a run one day. And, I, I couldn't I literally couldn't walk okay <laughs> um, I was I was paralyzed with pain and um, and had to kind of crawl crawl into my car oh, yeah. and got home and um, gave the physio a call and went in and I um, yeah had a few days off just um, it just seemed to seem that it had, I guess the inflammation had kind of ramped itself up and um, I really irritated it. So that was four weeks before Gold Coast Com Games. Yeah, 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 and then so let it settle for a few days. Had basically three, three or four days off. Um, tried jogging again the next week, and it was you know it was wasn't great, but um, you know it wasn't what it had been three or four days before. And then you know with Com Games coming up, is you, you gotta you gotta just kind of plow ahead. And, um, at this point, at this point, I didn't have like I, you know, I had to kind of test things out. So I did another, did another session the next week, and um, and and stopped halfway through. Yeah. Um, and same thing happened. <laughs> I uh, I I sat down and um, and then and then like within ten minutes, just was paralyzed with pain and it took me took me about 15 minutes to walk 100 meters to the car and then uh managed to drive myself to my to my parents place because at this point i realized i was <laughs> i wasn't going to be uh wasn't going to be able to do much um in terms yeah. of like getting some help so i drove my parents place and it 
funny, but yeah, um, yeah, the time was pretty nasty. But yeah, it ended up. Um, uh, I had a scan, and um, it's yeah. It, in hindsight, now um, it, it's hard to know exactly what was what was going on. But what what showed up on the scan was that um, a bone spur had developed across the joint, mm-hmm. uh, and it actually basically crossed from the from the sacrum to the to the top of the to the ilium to the hip bone yep and formed a bridge uh, over the top and that bridge had had fractured um, so uh, so then had um, after it had the scan we um, because it wasn't because because the bone spur wasn't sort of a, a load-bearing um, kind of feature and um, we just we decided well three or four weeks out from com games um, we'll just you know we'll see if we can kind of manage it and I had a cortisone injection um, but unfortunately it didn't really do anything so um, yeah at that point basically uh, um, spent the next three weeks on the couch um, Jeez. So I really really like it gave me a new appreciation for people that have chronic back pain um, yep. because I, I really just couldn't do anything um, during that time. Um, so I, I brought new meaning to the um, to the uh, the phrase couch to 5K. <laughs> I did a couch to 5K for the Com Games. <laughs> so you actually ran? Yeah, so literally, literally uh, once I stepped on that track, I hadn't, hadn't run a step in um, three and a half weeks, which was... <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't ideal. Um, and were you in pain? Yeah, it was pretty painful. <laughs> but um, you know, it was a, it was obviously a home comp games, and yep. um, it had uh, yeah, it obviously been pretty special, special to get there. And um, well, you did pretty well. Yeah. Like you were, you were with them until wasn't it two k's to go? Yeah. Or... So I, I think you know the the slower tactical race probably. Um, helped to uh, avoid me getting exposed yep. too much um, in the race. I mean, I was obviously pretty exposed with a couple of K to go and um, in a fair bit of pain and, and having lost a, probably a fair bit of fitness. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I had a crack. I gave it a go um, and had to pull out of the 10K after that because, um, yeah, it really, really wasn't in a good good way after that but um yeah, yeah I imagine. It, was, it was a I guess it was this that was kind of the start of the, the whole the whole thing but um yep. it, it's taken me took me probably a year from that point to actually get back to doing something resembling um some sort of normal training um and tell us and, about that process yeah. so like what yeah. what you sort of found out um sort of over November, December, say late last year in terms of, um, yeah, say, your bone health and uh, what yeah. you've gone about doing. And you sort of alluded to it, to it before, how you've been just yeah. sort of focusing on, on training smart and, uh, yeah. but, yeah. I guess, um, I guess the, the, the other major factor that comes in is that um, uh, in, 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 in terms of kind of assessing, like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I manage it and how can I prevent it moving forward? Um, had to take a bit more of a holistic pers- uh, perspective on things. And I, um, I've been 
process I was undertaking. Like I was, it's like I look back on it and just think, gee, you were you were crazy. I was I was getting up at um, five thirty. Like on a couple of mornings a week, I was getting up at five thirty, running at six, um, uh, heading into heading into the hospital for a, a full day of work, um, and then from there heading to my part time job. Um, coaching the, the VFL umpires and then after that heading to a track around 8, 8.30 and doing a track session um, and then going home and making dinner and and, um, and then restarting the next day and I was doing that for um, you know I did that for five weeks Yep. Um, right around when Con Games trials were going on and I remember when I ran ran 13 19 in the Con Games trials, I just, like at that point I thought, geez, I'm invincible, I can just about do anything. Like, that was a great race. Go from 5.30 to 10.30 non-stop um, every day and run 13.19. Yep. Um, all I was thinking is, man, imagine what I could do if I wasn't going so hard and I wasn't thinking about, well, you're digging yourself into a grave, you're just yeah. wearing, you're wearing yourself down. Um, yeah, I think that I think the big lesson from that is that, uh, or for me at least, was that when you when you're thinking about loads, yep. um, and, and whether it's training loads, um, running loads, weights loads, your body doesn't give a shit yep. where the load is coming from. To to your body, load is load. Yep. Um, doesn't matter whether it's physical, um, psychological, um, emotional. But I was basically loading myself up from from every angle, yep. and um, just yeah, as they say, burning the candle at both ends, and um, and something had to break, and in this case, it was my back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was. Um, that was kind of that's that was sort of my I guess my early learnings. Yeah. Um, and then, unfortunately, kind of kind of then. Realizing all the all the implications of, of what I'd done in terms of um, I guess like just totally breaking myself down is um, when I got back to when I start after Com Games I had to have three months off um, completely no running um, just to kind of let things heal up mm-hmm. and had things rescanned the the bone spur was still there and it had healed up so started going about sort of rebuilding again um but then yeah about another two three months in um started started feeling like it had at the start of the year and had another scan and had another stressy um in my sacrum this time another one so not not where the bone spur was but just actually in the sacrum and yep um and then yeah the um my sports doc paul blackman had the he, he was really great. He he, um, he picked up things that um, probably wouldn't have thought to look at uh, myself anyway. I remember the, when we had the first scan, nothing came up on the MRI, and, but ordered a CT, which um, which is obviously a little bit more sensitive for bony um, yeah. uh, sort of injuries, and, and that's how he picked up where the, the fracture was. But um, in the second time round, when when I uh, was starting to get the pain. Um, ordered a bone density test and um, yeah but my bone density was 
I guess a, guess a um, probably a pretty hot topic in in sports medicine recently is this yep. this reds the relative energy deficiency um, and um, so for me like just I guess yeah it was it was another sort of um, blatant reminder of like you know whether it's whether it's running or, or any other sort of stress like you know stress um, stress takes a toll on your body and, and, and you've got in order to recovery you've got to have enough energy there to um, to actually rebuild and I think the the mis, misconception I'd had or the error I'd, I'd made in assessing whether I was eating enough and getting enough calories in and all of that was mm. whether my weight was stable and it had yep. been I hadn't lost weight um, you know um, throughout throughout even when I'd sort of picked up my running volume my weight had always stayed pretty stable um, but you can I think that was one of the first lessons is that you can you can have a stable weight um, but still be in a relative energy deficit uh-huh. and, and your body maintains the weight but it's kind of um, it's trying to co- compensate by pulling nutrients from different things and, and often um, often you see in, in runners um, and, and where where runners run into problems with with um, their bones and having stresses is that um, it starts leaching leaching minerals out of your bones and mm-hmm. um, to kind of try and rebuild everything um, yeah. so I think yeah that was kind of the case in, for me and so I had to sort of um, yeah, when it saw a, a great dietitian, Jess Rothwell, at um, at Olympic Park Sports Medicine, and yep. uh, um, just kind of rejigged a few things with um, around calcium intake, and um, and also just like um, one of the things that we we picked up on was that um, I was my caloric intake was pretty good on my easy days, but uh-huh. um, on the on the hard days I wasn't eating nearly enough sort of after sessions um so it was it was pretty simple it was a pretty simple fix like i um you know rejigged some things around just actually making sure i was getting enough calcium in the diet and then and then also just being a bit more conscious of um of making sure meals were substantial enough on on the harder days particularly um and yeah thankfully it's been been pretty good since and uh have you had to rejig uh your mileage or your training um like what are you doing now um running wise yeah so i mean you know it's it's unless i I can learn all these things but unless i actually put them into practice it doesn't get me very far so i guess i guess from all of that you know i had to accept that um at least for last year and, and and this year was that I, I was going to have um, you know a, a additional stresses in life just with um, part time job um, mm-hmm. got to pay the bills and um, and then finishing off my physio degree which is um, yeah it's probably I would say it's probably one of the hardest things I've done in my life. Uh huh. Um, well, for listeners that don't know, we we went through um, oh well, we did first and second year. Uh, together at Latrobe Uni, we did. yeah, we did. yeah it's, in it's, like two thousand and five, two thousand and six, but and then yeah. that's when you went to college after that. Um, yeah, so it has yeah. been a long time coming. 
this could be very well the um, the longest uh, <laughs> longest physio degree in the history of mankind. First started in 2005 and finished in 2019. <laughs> but, um, but you've done a lot of like you did a lot of other study um, over in America um, as well. So you and yeah, and as listeners can tell, like just listening to you talk, you're very well well read. Um, in a lot of things, uh, sports medicine. Um, but anyway, I interrupted. Keep going. No, that's all right. No, yeah, I, I try to. And, um, but yeah, admittedly, I'm, I'm probably not as talented in the um, in the, the academic side of things as I am in the, the the running side of things. So, so it's uh, doing this physio degree has been bloody hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, got my way through. And, but yeah, it. Uh, quite stressful and and I've kind of had to factor that into into how um, how I structure my training and how much how much I'm running and I think um, I remember having a, a chat with Benson Lawrence at the end of last year just around how he managed his kind of return to running after a few sort of setbacks injury wise and um, I think something that really resonated then with me was that he said you know, I I built up to a you know a certain a certain mileage of training and um, and that was sustainable and you know it wasn't it wasn't where I needed to be but it was what I could sustain and mm-hmm. um, and he kind of just sat around there for you know three or four months um, and was ticking that off and it just kind of made me realise like you know from from zero from zero running building back up. Like it's easy to think about. Um, okay, well, what's the what's the process from getting from zero back to where I was? And and often we think of that as as a linear process. And, and you you know every every week you add on add on a few k's. Um, every week you, you you add on a slightly harder session and this and that until until you get to where you were before. Um, yep. And I realised. Didn't need to do that. I just needed to. Um, I needed to. I needed the progression to be guided by um, just how I was generally coping. Uh-huh. Um, I hadn't had to. I hadn't had to. Uh, or I hadn't tried to effectively juggle the the work and uni and running loads before effectively. So I was going to try and do it this time. Yep. Um, and so I basically, like, I got back up to hundred k's. Started doing um, one one or one session a week or two sessions a week. I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was just like, I think I'm kind of at the moment at my limits, and I yep. just stayed there. So I, I was doing, you know, for three three odd months, I was just doing 100 k a week, uh-huh. um, doing a couple of two sessions a week, um, and you know, it wasn't. It was a long way from where I was hoping to get to, but um, I then got three months of doing that rather yep. than spending that three months building back up to, you know, whether it's like 150, 160Ks a week or two or three sessions. Yep. Um, and, and I actually, you know, that was that was consistent training during that time. Yep. Um, and I was, whether it was where I wanted to get on, or not, it was still it was still good quality.
training. Um, you're better off. You're better off putting together three months of at seventy percent than um, getting getting one month into being at 95 percent and then breaking down again. So. No, I think it makes a lot of sense with what you're saying. Like yeah. in 2015, 16, you were just about a professional runner, really. Uh, 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 and so you had a lot more time to devote to recovery and uh, yeah. uh, rest and, and sleep and uh, and whatnot. But now that you've got a lot more on your plate, so um, I think you're going about it a really... Um, nice way sustainable way um and, and like you say um if you can just um keep chipping away and not get injured and, and not get sick and, and run down uh then that ultimately is you're going to get fitter long term yeah yeah i think i yeah i think just it was it's kind of the first time where coming back from injury i haven't had the goal hasn't been to get back to where i was the the goal this time was was just to be consistent mm-hmm. and whatever wherever I landed in terms of a, a training load that felt like it was sustainable um, that's where I was just going to sit and you know for three or four months it was around 100k and then um, a few months ago a couple of months ago um, I added in a third a third session each week um, and then another couple of weeks later I, I, I added in um, seventh day of running so I've been having one to two days off and so now I'm running back to running every day uh-huh. um, and probably sort of running around 120k now um, and that's like at the moment like that's that's what I can that's probably all I could sustain at the moment uh-huh. um, without sort of potentially um, in, well I'm increasing my injury risk uh, Julie, I guess. Um, so uh, yeah, but it's just it's a I'm taking a, a slower process to it and, and keeping in mind what that that goal for 2019 was, which was to to be healthy and at the end of the year. Yeah, that's fantastic, and like, that takes a lot of uh, self uh, reserve uh, to do that. Uh, it's one thing saying it, and it's another thing doing it. Uh, like obviously, you will always be reminded of like the mileage that you have done in the past uh how do you hold yourself accountable and make sure that you don't get carried away um yeah it's i i think that it's it takes a bit of discipline in the beginning but once you've actually once you actually do it for a little while um and realize and, and see that you are actually making some gains. Um, it makes it a little bit easier to to have that that sort of common sense yep. when you're going forward. Like for example, I um, I started back on um, another clinical rotation this week, and probably two or three weeks ago, I I messaged my coach Nick, and I I kind of told I kind of gave him a heads up of what was coming up, and I I just said, look for. Once I start this clinic rotation, I'm probably going to have to go back to doing two sessions a week, um, yep. and I'm probably going to have to drop my mileage a little bit. Just just knowing um, knowing what the the load and the time commitment would be involved. So um, I think that's I think that's just come from experience and having known this year that I've met, I've been able to 
urge to keep the ball rolling. Like, yep. I've just, like, yeah, I obviously had a good a good race at National Cross last week and, you know, to then, to then um, back off my training, like, the week after for the next, like, month, month and a half, like, <laughs> I can't, can't imagine I would have had much much luck having the mental willpower to do that, you know, a few years ago. But, um, you know, I guess you, you live and learn. Yeah, so, it's a clear example that of that holistic approach to the training again, like where you're um, considering, um, you know, your uni and, and things outside of running and the stresses that has on yeah. on your body as well. Um, so, no, very, very wise and mature approach to training now, Dave. <laughs> We'll see. I've still got a I've still got a few months of the year to get through, so yeah. Still, uh, still got to keep keep up on two feet. Now I um always remember um catching up with you in two thousand eleven, two thousand and twelve. It was going into you trying to get into the London Olympics and and get the time for that. Um, like I caught up with you in Tucson, um, Arizona. Uh, it would have just been for a couple of days um and you were training uh under coach lee um bernard legat's coach at the time but you were particularly stressed and uh uh, uh at the time because you had a sore knee um and and your whole life really was revolving around trying to get right for um or try to make your first olympics and to, to do to do the time uh you you didn't have a job at the time you, a lot of it you felt a lot of stress in terms of financially um i think your parents were help, helping you partially um yeah, to yeah. fund the trip or fund the stay over there yeah. uh, tell us about that mental side of the the sport when you were, weren't a, um you know you didn't have a, a job like you do now and you weren't um, studying as much but you were devoting the whole the, a lot of your life to to running yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a. I guess yeah, it was a. It was an interesting time, and um, you know, it was it was a hard time. But I get looking back on it, like I'm, I'm glad I went through that. Um, learned a lot from it, but mm-hmm. I guess when I finished when I finished college um, in 2010, like I'd had um, a lot of sort of. say 
coach and really good training group like like go go and do it um and and, and invest in that and i um yeah I, I wish i wish that i had been able to do that but the reality is is even though even though i joined that group and was training with them like i just spend every day feeling guilty about what i was doing um feeling anxious about the fact that um you know i'd 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 had this conception and um and made this plan and it hadn't worked out and i just felt a bit foolish about it all um it's just a lot of pressure i suppose like um yeah, you put all the eggs in the one basket kind of thing yeah a lot of it was self-imposed and um yeah. i you know i i think at the time i i resented the situation i was in um i certainly don't now um i fortunate to kind of have a um have a more balanced perspective i guess on on how professional running works and i don't um i don't resent the fact that it's it's a hard sport to make a living in it's it just is it just is that way um and um i i wish i had a i wish i had answers or solutions to make it a more sustainable sport for for people to pursue professionally but i um I'm just not that smart, but I'm I'm okay with the okay with the fact um, that it is a hard sport to make it in professionally, and um, and I I think I guess eventually I realised that um, whether I could do it professionally and make a living out of it um, didn't make a difference at all to how much I loved running, um, and uh, I guess eventually I got to a point where I was like, you know what, whether I make running make money doing this or can can run and self-sustain it doesn't really matter I'll, I'll find another way to do it and um i guess since since 2011 2012 i've i've found a few different ways of doing it um mm-hmm. and um yeah i've had had some as as you alluded to i've had some um uh, pretty amazing support along the way not the least of which was from my parents mm-hmm. um but i've also met um a lot of really great people since then um, that have supported me and, and made the whole running thing work. I um, after London, I went and did a masters and um, was a uh, was a teaching assistant and had a scholarship that kind of I called that my um, my professional runner stipend, which I did for a couple of years. Yep. Um, and then uh, yeah, then came back to Australia and um, and joined up with Nick Bido and he's. Yeah, he created a, a lot of good opportunities for me um, to, to make running work leading up to Rio. And, um, yeah, and then, yeah, I guess the, I kind of go and, I can't, kind of try to find something to do in between each Olympic cycle. So I did my Masters between London and Rio. And then but after Rio, I've, I've done my physio degree. And I don't know if I'll get to Tokyo or not, but... Um, do you think there's something in that? Like it's uh, also a good distraction, uh, yeah, makes you more balanced. And yeah, that's that's actually probably the um, just as an important point is that um, I think after like um, being a bit disillusioned and um, and a bit lost, a bit of a lost puppy back in 2011, 2012, I realised that like I'd probably run, I'd run so well, I think when I was in college because I did have balance in life. I, I was, um, you know, I, I was I was a full-time student. Um, you know, I, 
was also going back and forth between Australia and the US. So um, I was still spending a lot of time on my own and not having not having that sort of um, that supportive sort of friendship group around me all the time. Um, but then, yeah, I just um, I once I did have that back around me, I guess in more in 2012, I was like, well, this is probably what this is probably what I need, what I need to to run at my best. I need I need other things going on in my life. I need to have have more multi multi dimensional. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, perspective on life. I guess. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah. like that's a, a really good good uh, point. All of that because I I think often, um, we, especially we have a few with the aspiring sort of junior runners coming up who who really want like I think it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking if you throw everything at running you'll go better. Um, yeah. And but then I think. Uh, not always is it um, you know more is more is better uh, I think yeah, that yeah. whole idea of having that balance uh, is um, pretty big like I remember coming back from that 2011 2012 stay with you and just just feeling stressed for you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, in the same in the, in the same I, I would say that I can I can think of just as many examples of of people that have gone all in, um, yeah, true, and, and that has worked. So it depends on the person. Better for them than, than being more multi-dimensional. So I think um, it's everyone's got to find their own path, I guess. Um, yeah, that was kind of my path. I've been I've been inspired by people that um, have found found their path another way. Um, like I think of um, particularly being part of Melbourne Track Club and. Um, and I think one of the one of the huge, I guess, benefits I've got from that and, and, and what I've learnt is just the professional approach to things. And I think of people like, you know, Brett Robinson and Ryan Gregson and Stuart McSwain, and they're examples of people that um, that really have gone sort of, I guess, more more all into the running. Yeah. Um, I guess Stewie's Stewie's done it, um, been doing his teaching degree on the side, and and Ryan's been doing. Know he's been doing a bit of online study along the way, but um, but in, in many respects, I think um, their their sort of um, all in approach has has paid has off. Been a, a major factor in why they've been so successful. Um, they've just yeah. given given one hundred ten, literally given one hundred ten percent to it. Um, and I, as true. I found, like when I give one hundred ten percent, sometimes I break down. And it's not always one hundred percent, one hundred ten percent physically. It's it can be one hundred ten percent mentally and emotionally. Yep. Um, that's kind of been my downfall. That for other people, it's been been their success. So uh-huh. I think it's a, a good lesson in that you do you do have to find your own your own path. I guess. Nice. Um, speak us through like you uh, often after a, a good race or result. Um, you talk about the concept of gratitude. Um, yeah. I know that's a concept that's pretty close to your heart. Think uh, yeah. us through that. Yeah, I think. Um, I guess. Uh, I guess it was sort of first. Um, but, you know, it's it's obviously a concept everyone everyone can relate to. Everyone everyone knows what it, what it means to feel grateful and, and so 
going for the London Olympics in the 10K. Yep. Um, one of them was a 5K just to kind of a bit of a warm up, and then I was going to do the Peyton Jordan 10K at Stanford. And I remember a couple of weeks before that, I just um, just was overcome with anxiety and just had an absolute meltdown um, and was just ready to go home. And, and um, I remember calling Dad and like, I can't do this anymore. Like this is, um, I'm just, I'm just not built for this. And um, and he kind of, yeah, he, he uh, <laughs> this was like a week before a five k I, I did um, over there, and he said, look, just, just, um, why don't you go and um, chat to your, your friend Bert? Um, you've you've got this race next week. At least let's get through that at least. We make any rash decisions. So I went and saw Bert, and, um, and uh, yeah, I guess um, uh, we got. I guess we got a little bit more existential in terms of like, you know, <laughs> meaning of life sort of shit. But, <laughs> but um, I think yeah, one of the we we just spent some time, I guess, meditating. And, um, and I'm I'm not religious, so I don't have a um, I don't have any sort of um, deep religious or spiritual beliefs, and um, and I guess I guess at that time, you know, wanting to come home and shit not working out, I was like, what the f- what the fuck am I doing? Like, what's the? I was asking, like, I wasn't specifically asking what's the meaning of life, but that's essentially what I was doing. It's like, what, what's what am I doing here? And yep. um, and Bert kind of kept prodding away at like, you know, um, you know. What, what's t- talk, talk, tell me about your running tell me what's important to you and we, we were think we were just talking about stuff like what's important to you like well you know I love running and um, my, my family's like my you know probably the most important thing in my life um, and we started like just just talking about things that were important to me I just started to notice um, like, like even physically just my anxiety kind of um, dissipating a little bit more and like shifting my attention from, um, you know, concern about what things that I didn't have control over um, and shifting it to things that um, that I, I knew were a constant um, and, and things that, um, yeah, made me smile, made me happy. Um, it just, I, I, I could feel... I felt felt different when I was focusing on those things, and mm-hmm. uh, they were all things that I was grateful for. And um, I just kind of thought, well, well, you know, with a bit of help, realised, well, my, instead of focusing on the things I, I don't have control over, um, focus on the things that um, that you're grateful for, and um, and it, and it did a lot to shift my sort of mental headspace, I guess. Yeah, uh, and. <laughs> From, from going from like I want to throw the towel in um, I can't do this I'm hope, I'm hopeless this is a waste of time I went and yep. ran this, this 5k warm up race the next week for to try and to try and have a tilt at the 10k Olympic standard yep. and it, I ended up running the 5k Olympic standard in that race and um, and it just it, I, I guess I learned from that like the the value of, of having a good headspace and 
um, I spent a lot of time after that. It wasn't like a, a one-hit wonder. I figured out everything. I know how to win races and I know how to run well now, but it, it sort of set me on a path of kind of um, making a bit more sense of um, why I was running, what I was doing, what was meaningful for me, um, and, you know, how I could be the best best version of myself and how I could, um, I guess, honour the honor, best honour the people that, um, that are in my corner and support me. And, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, being... Being grateful is a good, good, a good place to start. Um, if for nothing else, then creating a better headspace and um, giving you a bit more sort of energy um, and motivation to to um, yeah, put your best foot forward. No, that's that's great, Dave. Um, and you you, uh, you articulate it so well. So I think um, a lot of a lot of people will benefit from everything you've just said there. Um, I, I'm mindful of the time and I've kept you pretty long and I'm so grateful for your time. Um, I wanted to just tick off like three more questions just quickly. Yeah. Uh, uh, you alluded to Stewie McSwain before. He's running so amazingly overseas. Uh, just tell us a, a bit about your thoughts on Stewie and, uh, uh, and um, how you've seen him progress um, over time and... Uh, uh, how talented you feel he is, and or just a bit about him, because I suppose you've got a bit more of an insider's uh, uh, yes. view. Yeah, and, yeah. He, he and I probably like. I reckon we both started running with Nick um, probably around the same time in late twenty or second half of twenty fourteen. And um, yeah, he he's so I've, I've I've run and trained with him for a, a few years now, and um, and probably like. After, after he'd sort of been running with the group through the year, I think I think most people in the group knew at that point that he was going to be a really good runner. Um, you know, he was he was keeping up with everyone in sessions, and he was constantly getting better, constantly getting stronger. But nothing really showed in races. But we all kind of I think yeah, I certainly wasn't the only person that would have said you know years ago, oh yeah, just watch out, he'll, he'll run 30 minutes um, one yep. of these days, it's, it's just going to click one of these days and it's going to come together and I think he's a good example of, um, of sometimes when you're, when, you tr- when you're aspiring to do something really good um, and which obviously takes a lot of hard training, um, it, the, the results don't always come straight away um, sometimes you can you can toil away for you know a few years and and have all this promise and, and just be like you know um, like and showing all the signs of being like a really great runner and, and, and not have it click and then um, and then at some point like it can just suddenly click so some people think oh you know what what's what's changed how, how come you're so good all of a sudden um, but it's, I, th- I think that's just the nature of, of training really hard is that sometimes, um, the, the actual performances lag behind a little bit, um, all the hard work that goes into it and, um, and you just kind of hit this sort of, um, this, the tilting point, I guess, where, uh, 
where, where you start to absorb all of that really, really hard training and, yeah. and it starts to starts to translate. And I think that, that obviously happened for Stewie in 2017 when he yeah. ran, ran a 354 mile, I think, and then yeah, when he went nuts. 1320 the next week. And then, yeah. you know, he's obviously gone from strength to strength. But... Um, the, the work, the work, and the level of work that's kind of gone into that um, was was pre-existed for a few years before that. Nice. Um, second last question. Uh, you love your coffee. Uh, I wanted to ask, wh- wh- where's your favourite spot to go for coffee in Melbourne, and then also in the world? Oh man, you'll be end with like a really hard question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, it's so it's hard to narrow down a favourite in Melbourne. Um, partly because um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think I have a favourite that I go to because uh-huh. I seem to go to different places all the time because there's there's so a wealth of uh, yeah wealth of opportunities um, around Melbourne. But um, oh, it's like top of my head, I'd say um, Proud Mary's probably one of the most reliable, um, best quality coffees I've had. Yep. Uh, um, consistently over a number of years. Uh, uh, and but um, and then I guess yeah, in the world, um, I mean, yeah, I I don't I haven't really found that much coffee that's that's that that beats beats what we have in Melbourne. Like honestly, yeah. I, I think there is. I think. Different people have different tastes, and um, some will some will like the ro- more robust uh, sort of Italian style espressos, uh, <laughs> the more traditional sort of espressos. But I reckon Melbourne Melbourne coffee does pretty well on the world scene. Um, but you know, if, if there was anything to rival it, um, I guess some of the some of the um, coffee um, roasters in in Portland in the US do a pretty good job as well. So. Um, I really liked um, Stumptown over in the US and Cova, Cova Coffee, they're both in Portland. Um, I think we went to, like I was fortunate enough to go with uh, Philo Saunders in 2016 and I'm pretty sure we went to both those places. Actually, to be credit where credit's due, Philo and Michael Rogan used to Cova in in Portland when we... We uh, we travelled to a race there together once, um, so that was that was definitely pretty good. Um, but yeah, so many good ones around Melbourne. Um, you know, Saint Ali is a bit of a stalwart in the city, and um, and then Five Five Senses and Seven Seeds are, are both really good. Um, I at the at the moment I'm trying not to drink as much coffee out um, just to save a bit of money. But I actually have a uh, I do a um, a coffee subscription through Bean Hunter. Yeah. And we get sent, um, uh, you know, a kilo of um, filter filter beans each month um, from different roasters around Australia. So that's been pretty cool. Um, that's not a sponsored. That's not a sponsored <laughs> post. I don't get paid to say that. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> but it's uh, that's been kind of cool. Get a get a taste for a different different places all around the place. Nice, mate. Now, last question. Um, like, I feel like you're in a really good spot now. Like, you've got you're living with Ash, your girlfriend, um, yeah. of roughly a year. 
you've just about finished your physio physio course and uh, uh, you're, you're working with the umpires and um, and you, you, you're getting your body under control. What's the goals for the rest of the season and 2020? Yeah, um, so I guess uh, goals for the rest of the season still the same. Just try and tick along and um, get through this physio degree, stay healthy. Um, that affects probably the big race goal for, for 2019. Yep. Uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm conscious of that, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be in, you know, Rio 2016 shape, but, um, but uh, I think um, continuing to plot along at the, the rate I've been going, I expect I'll, I'll keep making some, some gains in fitness and, and, and performance. So yep. that's kind of the goal for this year. And um, I, I guess the, the goal for 2020 is a bit more of a, like, like just a personal satisfaction goal, but um, I've said I want to run PBs in 2020. Um, Is that that 13.10? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's settled for 13.17 even. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd love to, love to try and run PBs next year. Um, I'm going to delay um, starting, starting my like actual physio, starting an actual physio job. Yeah, I was wondering what you're going to do there. Yeah, till probably probably the second half of next year. Yep. And um, and then yeah, just give um, give myself a chance to um, yeah, just put it put a bit more put a, put a bit, bit more energy and um, focus into the running and um, be able to be able to do some of the a little bit more training a little, a little bit more of the the extra stuff that I I um, yeah just physically and mentally don't have. Capacity to do to do this year with everything else going on. Um, yeah, just just enjoy it, have a have a bit of a crack, and um, yeah, know, knowing that um, yeah, we've got to start got to start making a bit of a living after that. So yep. um, it may, may I may may not get another another opportunity like next year um, mm-hmm. again. So really um, planning to make the most of it. Well, Dave, as usual, it's been a pleasure and an honour. Um, thanks so much for your time um, it's always a great fun having a chat with you um, yeah, absolutely Dan you, you, yeah. as you and I have been, been uh, either running rivals or yeah. really good mates for um, probably 18 19 yeah. years probably now it's been a while now <laughs> little whippets running around at Xavier and Halebury you were, you were kicking my butt for a few years Oh, um, but that's only because I was training seven days a week and I, I don't think you were training much then <laughs> that's right I was playing, I was playing basketball I had to change my goals that's when you had the NBA dreams yeah exactly <laughs> alright thanks so much and, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to find uh, this podcast uh, very worth the listen so, and thanks for giving such detailed answers um, uh, very insightful answers and uh um, and, and people are listening to someone who's, who's been through a lot running wise and, and, and really has given it a lot of thought um, and um, a lot of um, those topics were really well discussed so thanks Dave thanks Dano